You seek the key, but first you must learn the ways of precision, craft, and performance with Acura's all-electric ZDX. With a premium Bang & Olufsen sound system, up to a 313-mile range and a Type S variant, with an estimated 500 horsepower, the ZDX is their most powerful SUV yet. Unlock the energy when you visit Acura.com to order yours today. Okay, let's do some quick math. The less your business spends on operations, on multiple systems, on delivering your product or service, the more margin you have and the more money you keep. That's obvious. But with higher expenses on materials, employees, distribution, and borrowing, everything costs more. To reduce costs and headaches, smart businesses are graduating to NetSuite by Oracle. Here's the thing. Information is power. Information is money. Literally, the currency of today's world of, of entrepreneurship is information. And if you could bring all of the, your, the information about your business into one dashboard, this is incredibly valuable. NetSuite is the number one cloud financial system, bringing accounting, financial management, inventory, HR into one platform and one source of the truth about your business. With NetSuite, you reduce IT costs because NetSuite lives in the cloud with no hardware required, access from anywhere. You cut the cost of maintaining multiple systems because you've got one unified business management suite and you're improving efficiency by bringing all of your major business processes into one platform, slashing manual tasks and errors. This is so valuable. You just hit a button and you can see all the information about your business instead of having to like call five different departments and get all these emails and put it all together and make sense of it. Over 37,000 companies have already made the move. So do the math. See how you'll profit with NetSuite. Backed by popular demand, NetSuite has extended its one-of-a-kind flexible financing program for a few more weeks. Head to netsuite.com slash james. netsuite.com slash james. netsuite.com slash james. This isn't your average business podcast, and he's not your average host. This is The James Altucher Show. Today on The James Altucher Show. My next guest is the CEO of a marijuana and psychedelic mushrooms company, and then they're looking at all of these things from a medical perspective. Turns out there's a lot of medical uses for all of these things that were previously recreational drugs. And there's a lot of research on this stuff. So Callum Hughes, the CEO of Allied Corp, here he is. Okay, Jay, start the recording. This is good. So, okay, what's the suicide rate in the U.S.? So I know among veterans, it's uh, 22 veterans a day commit suicide. Yeah, it's it's a staggering statistic, and and that's uh, what the whole vision uh, from which Allied was Allied Corp was founded uh, was to bring an international medical cannabis approach to help uh, those who have served, so military as well as police, fire, ambulance folks who are suffering with with PTSD to get on their road back to health and wellness. Um, so so it's it, it's this story is 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 much more than you and I just talking here on this podcast. There's a national epidemic that I'm trying to raise awareness to, as well as how Allied works into that supply chain in terms of our Columbia production, United States imminent legalization, and all of the people who have served who are suffering with post-traumatic stress. And so, so I know the statistic for veterans, but uh, let me ask you a couple of statistics questions first. Like, sure. Uh, how serious is the problem of suicide in the sense that how many people a day commit suicide? I know it's risen during these, these hard economic lockdowns and so on. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Good, really good question. I mean, uh, su suicide is, is one, one talking topic, but let's talk about trauma. 76% of Canadians suffer a traumatic event in their life. And that's what my whole doctorate degree is centered around is helping a holistic approach to trauma survivors. What, what is um, a traumatic event? 
traumatic event could be uh, uh, sexual violence. It could be um, it could be assault. It could be witness of uh, traumatic experience, i.e., car accidents, um, traumatic death, etc. Uh, where Whereas, you know, you can look to other countries as well, such as Colombia, and that's what first brought myself and Allied's chief operating officer to Colombia was to talk to their um, talk to their sergeant in charge of police uh, about what we were doing in Canada for trauma care for military veterans. And in Colombia, it was much more of a uh, cumulative buildup of death by a thousand cuts where it's this quiet micro trauma event and environment where uh, it builds up to, you know, an experiential condition that we call PTSD. Uh, Beyond PTSD, I would say that simmering or slow boil approach happens very much in the U.S., where Mm -hmm. I feel people are like simmering with mild depression or anxiety, you Mm -hmm. know, and it's like a frog in a soft boil. It doesn't know Sure. It's in a in a boil until it's too late to jump yes. out. And I feel that happens in general. Like what percentage of Americans do you think, and I'm sorry to be so numbers oriented here, but I'm just curious, sure. uh, uh, cause this will lead into our discussion of everything from psychedelics to marijuana to other approaches. But what percentage of the U S do you think is depressed or anxiety ridden or has some mental health issue, even a mild one or extreme one? I, I mean, it likely parallels with the stats that Health Canada has published, and that's the 60 or 76% um, of the general population. That's the experiencing trauma now turned to COVID. Um, this has put people in a situation where they've, their lifestyles and, and normalcy has kind of drastically changed. Um, but the interesting thing is that coincided with a, with a sharp increase in marijuana sales for 2020. Um, yeah. you know, and, and, uh, and, and so it, it's interesting to kind of study all of these statistics and what we're doing, uh, you know, as allied, um, it's interesting, uh, you know, you can see our, our public press releases under ALID on the OTC market. That's our, our ticker just to throw that out there. And the reason I was interested in, in talking to you is I would say five years, five years ago, maybe I heard a little bit about not even, but a little bit about cannabis being used, you know, marijuana being used for depression or anxiety or PTSD or whatever. Um, but not, I didn't know of any yes. work being done in our research. Now I would say on a daily basis, and I hear about not mm-hmm. only marijuana, but that's, I mean, now like mm-hmm. in many states, it's either mm-hmm. recreationally legal or medically legal, which is interesting. But I'm also mm-hmm. hearing on a daily basis from friends who are now trying everything from psilocybin, which is mushrooms to LSD to MDMA to mm-hmm. ketamine. Ketamine is legal medically uh, if you get a prescription for it. And that's mm-hmm. an extreme, you know, uh, all these things were like party drugs in the 90s. And now they're being, you know, there are medical facilities uh, for for ketamine infusion. It used to be called Special K in the 90s, you know, and, and it's, uh, it's, a, it's a, a very popular anesthetic in surgery. If you have surgery and you go under it, you're probably using ketamine, but it's like a slow dose for, for when people use it medically for, de- I guess, depression, it's a slow dosage rather than an extremely fast knock you out dosage. Mm-hmm. But mm-hmm. I'm hearing it on a daily basis. Like I'm, I'm having a dinner with a friend tonight who's going to tell me about her recent experience with psilocybin and, okay. and other, and MDMA and other things. And I had dinner last night with someone who I was, I didn't know was even involved in this, but is like a facilitator for these things and is involved um, and, and they both were describing to me all these amazing results that these drugs have, and I don't know anything about it. Mm. So I was wondering if you could tell me. <laughs> yeah. I mean, that parallels a lot of the conversations as well that have hit my radar over the years with our healing retreats. We bring through real people suffering with real trauma through a healing, uh, model. And this is what's really brought this to the forefront within allied. I'll, I'll bring you back. I mean, to current state, 36 states, legal, medical, for cannabis, 14 recreational adult use. Um, and, and so that starts with current state. Now, let me bring you back to 2002, our chief operating officer returned from Afghanistan, serving in the Canadian force, Canadian military, and really realized that a lot of his peer cohort were suffering with trauma. And uh, some of his dear close friends actually ended up taking their own lives. Mm. Flash forward, Canada started to give access to medical patients for 
for trauma reasons or medically determined reasons under a corporate physician. And this is cannabis. And then I'll interlay the psilocybin track as well. Um, so, so over the course of, of 10 years, developing strain-specific uh, 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 cannabinoid profiles, as well as de delving into the terpene molecules, which are the smaller molecules in the cannabis plant, our corporate physician and our chief operating officer specifically uh, 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 developed genetics for trauma and, and most recently general mental health, being so, depression so, okay. and anxiety. Yeah. Let me understand that because- Please, yeah. Let's say- you take marijuana or even medical marijuana. I think of it as it must just be THC and people people try to get a medical license because they want to enjoy legally marijuana mm -hmm. and they take it and it has <clears throat> the same effect or benefits that it had for them when they were in college taking it or whatever. And uh, yeah. uh, uh, what's when you say you're developing specific strains for trauma, will it still have that THC, I hate to use the word, but we'll have that recreational effect and then also help trauma or like, what do you do? And I know there's two types of strains that are common and I've heard mixed things that whether it's myth or not myth, but sativa and indica, sativa makes your mind more active. Indica puts you to sleep. Uh, I know someone who's a cancer patient who gets like thousand milligrams of the indica sure. and yeah. goes to sleep like right away. Uh, I mean, even just taking a drop. Mm. We're, we're taking a, a much more evidence-informed approach or, an, or bringing academic rigor to the research and the production. And what I mean by that is our center in Colombia uh, that we acquired in 2019. We have specific genetics that are approved by the Ministry of Agriculture. And just last week, you'll, you can see on our press releases, we got approved to export internationally. So those genetic profiles, much less just using the term loosely marijuana, we're, we're getting into the medical analysis where there's specific cannabinoid profiles that we've got under uh, provisional patent and we're bringing into pharmaceutical research track uh, to seek a drug indication where we've got a, an agreement with the University of Haifa in Israel and then a, a, an agreement with a contract research organization in Austria with a team of doctors that can seek a pharmaceutical indication. So it's much less about uh, recreational uh, marijuana as, as this may have been thought about. This is actually uh, examining the medical constituents within these plants for very specific targets within the human brain. Uh, so so what, yeah. what's the difference Please. between cannabinoids and like CBD or THC? Uh, oh, I know question. like CBD, it comes from the same plant as the THC does. And again, sure. I'm naive. So it's, it's too, um, technical for me. Okay. It's great. That you are working on research with the university of Haifa, but I just want to know to start off with the, the basics, like, yeah. So you're, you're basically saying this plant has many effects and some people have noticed it with CBD. Some people sure. have noticed it with THC, but you've identified other components of the plants that maybe if you fine tune them a little bit. They, they also can create an enormous effect on the human body or brain and help yeah. with depression and stuff like that. Sure, a really good question. So the word cannabinoid, uh, THC and CBD are both cannabinoids, but there's 16 of them. There's CBG, CBN, CBC, and many, many others. Those are the larger molecules within the plant that you're referring to as either indica or sativa. So then, go down even uh, uh, a level more granular and you get into the terpene profile of the plant. Terpenes and flavonoids are what gave the plant the taste and their smell. And But what we're finding is specific terpenes also have medical effects in the human body through, through our research, but also uh, with the production in Colombia, some of the genetics, the cannabidiol or CBD percentage of those same genetics that we uh, produced in Canada as well as in the United States, um, the the cannabinoid profile tested out at 18% CBD, whereas grown in Colombia was 26%. The THC profiles were in at 21%, and then in Colombia we're at 29%. Where and Colombia so what does that has, mean? Like in in the plant, so yeah. you're saying that, and I didn't even know this. That's how naive I am. That's indica and sativa yeah. are separate plants. Yes, different different strains. Yeah. And so they, in Colombia, they take these plants, 
and make THC products or CBD products or products for you for medical use. Why is it that these, and I guess hemp also must have THC yeah. and CBD in it. Hemp I don't does, know. Hemp has no THC. Hemp has okay. CBD. And, and, uh, that's, un, a lot, that's nationally uh, legal in the United States currently hemp under the farm bill 2018. So allied has brought forth three brands where we've got products for sale in the United States with hemp derived CBD, um, in, infused in these products. We've got a veterans line called tactical relief, a sports line called equilibrium bio, where we've got an electrolyte replacement drink with cannabidiol CBD infused into it. And then we've got a, a line of topicals and lotions, uh, anti-aging serums with CBD infused. So, so, so I, have, I have a question please. about that, but I'm, yeah. I'm just getting in the, again in the basics. So the Columbia operation takes one of these plants, let's say Indica or Sativa or some combination of them, like sure. a hybrid, and yeah. they want to make a, a THC product, you know, traditionally called marijuana, but they want to make a THC product like, a, I don't know, to smoke or to eat or whatever, they just take the THC out of the plant, they process the plant and, yeah. and, and take the THC and they make a gummy bear and send it to a store in Canada or a legal state in the US and then it's for sale. And it has maybe 100% THC after they're done processing it. And you're looking at not THC or CBD, but some of these other cannabinoids that they process and take that out and give you something that you can experiment with and run mm -hmm. trials on for depression and so on, like any medical drug. Why do, why do these two plants, why, does, why do cannabinoids, why do so many of the molecules and cannabinoids that are unrelated to each other, why do they all have some sort of beneficial effect? What's special? It, well, the research is just starting to, to prove the efficacy of, of each different cannabinoid, where CBG has antimicrobial effects on topicals, antibacterial effects, CBN is, is, is a really good sleep help. Um, CBD is great anti-inflammatory as well as anti-tumor effects. But you can, there's lots of research out there that points to something called the entourage effect, which uh, needs to have kind of full spectrum extraction. So these cannabinoids working in, in concert to provide, uh, to provide these, these medical outcomes. It's, it's very interesting what the Colombian environment does to agricultural production, including cannabis. So I'll draw a parallel to coffee, just, just for the ease of your listeners for understanding. So if you think of coffee production in Colombia, caffeine is a, is a product or an ingredient, it's naturally occurring uh, uh, constituent in the coffee plant. So if you draw a parallel where there's the cannabis plant and cannabinoids are the naturally occurring ingredient or constituent in that cannabis plant, we extract the medically um, viable molecules from that cannabis plant and create derivatives that can then be uh, ready for the medical and retail market. So, so that's that's kind of a, a key point where Colombia is 12 hours sunlight, 12 hours dark, which is naturally perfect to help the cannabis plant flower. The sunshine is free. It's one season all year round, and it's 25 degrees, 60 to 80 percent humidity all year round. And this lets Allied produce consistent supply on a weekly basis. Much like coffee, James, if I was to say I was going to, you know, in the United States, the indoor production of cannabis, if I was to say, hey, I'm going to spend millions of dollars to set up a warehouse to grow indoor coffee and extract caffeine from that plant in New York, you would think I was crazy. So why are we doing it with cannabis? It's, it's going to go to a commodity center such as Colombia. And that's where Allied's positioned. We can produce for five cents a gram. And we're starting to establish our U.S. footprint with all of the indicators that U.S. is leading towards an imminent national legalization. So, so you take the some combination of the cannabinoids, like you say, an entourage of these cannabinoids that you think are the most medically beneficial, and you might tweak it a little. Like if it has one chemical structure, you might slightly alter the chemical structure in a way that scientists think would even be better. And you test these things out and you're producing um, medicine, or I, I don't know. You, I'm just trying to understand. I'm sorry, I'm so naive about this. I just- That's, No, this is great. It, it's, when, when you get a drug indication, you can't change a molecule. It'll do very different things in the human body. So we have developed the genetics and have arrived on our molecules that we 
are testing the efficacy both in animal models and human subjects for post-traumatic stress, depression, and anxiety. And that includes two cannabis products and a third psilocybin product, which is is having phenomenal results uh, within the research track that we're we're bringing that down. What made you think of doing this? Like, did you notice that? I mean, are there studies that show that people who smoke pot have less depression, or like, what what got you into this? Good, good question. So, back in 2015, a peer military veteran did a demonstration march from Eastern Canada to our nation's capital in Ottawa and uh, has really leveraged the Veterans Affairs Canada to support cannabis, um, as well as we've got our vice president in the United States did a bike ride across the country to bring awareness to this, that this product is having benefit and really helping people uh, recover from trauma and, and also general depression, anxiety. So this, as well as my doctorate degree, I've always been interested in chronic pain and that has uh, formed my dissertation topic, which is uh, healing within community, a PTSD full scope medical approach to therapy, where we bring through uh, real people through healing retreats and, and educate them about their bodies, as well as, you know, uh, alternative uh, medicines that can help them heal. Uh, so, so that's the why behind what we're doing. Correct me if I'm wrong, like if, in, in terms of chronic pain, yeah. Some of it might be because, let's say, if a bone is broken forever, you have chronic pain because it's hitting the nerves and whatever. But yeah. other types of chronic pain, it could be because you're so used to the pain, the brain builds more and more kind of solidified pathways focusing on the pain, and that's why the pain becomes chronic, whereas some of these drugs might uh, break away these these um, built neural pathways. So like, ketamine, which is described to me as a disassociative experience, just kind of smashes all your neural pathways and you it's almost, almost gives your chronic pain a fresh start to go in a different route. Yeah. And what you're referring to is the parasympathetic nervous system response to a constant stimulus. So it, it, if I was to shine a light on, on your eyes constantly for 20 hours, it would get more and more intense and it would get more and more painful. That's sensory. This is what pain is. People think it's mechanical where you pull a muscle and you have pain. Pain is a sensory issue and needs to be treated as such where uh, the, the response that your body has to pain and trauma is a constant, constant stimulus to your brain. And same with post-traumatic stress where you're always hypervigilant. You're always on uh, gear 11 out of 10 on a daily basis. So when a broomstick falls or something, you're, the person's jumping, you know, because they're always in that heightened state. Whereas cannabidiol or CBD and many of the products that Allied has developed, it, it settles nervous system first, as well as the therapeutic activity, so that you create this capacity for people to, to, to handle or intake extra stimuli instead of always just being at the top of their acceptance range and not being able to deal with extra stimuli, if, if, that, if that makes sense. But you hit the nail on the head where, you know, what you were referring to was a parasympathetic nervous system, nervous system response to chronic pain, and it's the same as trauma. So that's very cool. And why have these things been ever illegal? Like why is CBG or CBN or some combination of these, why are those illegal? Like I, I get it. Like, I don't, I don't know. I don't even get it why marijuana was illegal, but alcohol <laughs> uh, was not illegal since yeah. alcohol seems to have no positive benefits. Whereas it's becoming obvious that THC has, or, or, you know, and all these cannabinoids have, uh, non it seems like they have benefits. nonstop benefits Yeah, yeah. But, and, and no one, no one dies of a marijuana overdose and people die of alcoholism. So yes. what, what's, why was this ever illegal? And again, this is a more historical question than medical, but we'll... It's a philosophical debate why hemp was first made illegal, but they started putting it in into the roads, into pavement, as well as into paper, and that really threatened big national business. And that's, you know, likely one of the reasons why they, why they, made, they, they outlawed it. Um, and then that, that made its way <clears throat> where cannabis 
plant and hemp and the rest was just maintained to be an illegal substance. Um, but and also on a national basis, that handcuffed researchers like myself or and and also scientists to conduct research in a university controlled environment. Uh, I know anecdotally that people who consumed marijuana, you know, the Rick Simpson approach to cancer therapy. I know lots of uh, families were using cannabidiol or CBD for their for their children's epilepsy advance. Really? Uh, and so this is what led up to the legalization where a company called GW Pharmaceuticals from the UK did the medical testing like Allied is doing on pharmaceutical products, did the genetics development, and they got a breakthrough indication in the United States for a, a drug called Epidiolex. Guess what Epidiolex is? Sounds nothing like marijuana. It's CBD, man. It's just CBD. Just pure CBD, nothing else. And this has brought children's epilepsy episodes from 200 to two in a, on a wow. daily basis. So I took CBD for a while. Like people said sure. it would help me in some ways. I, I forget how it was recommended to me. Oh, you know what? The um, the guy who won the Tour de France in 2006, um, Floyd, uh, Jay would remember. Um, anyway, he was the one who exposed Lance Armstrong as, yeah. as using steroids and stuff. But now yeah. he his full-time job is he sells CBD tablets. Okay. So I, I was trying them and he said it's great. It's, it's a, he said it solved all his pain issues because he had, as an athlete, he had a lot of constant pain. Yeah. So at first he was taking, he got addicted to painkillers. Then he was taking a lot of marijuana. Now he doesn't do any of that. He just does CBD. So mm -hmm. I took some CBD, but I don't, I don't have chronic pain and I don't have sleeping troubles. It didn't really, um, I, I didn't notice any effect. I wonder what therapeutic uh, dosage you were taking. And, and this is a key point because, you know, um, like if you took one-tenth of an aspirin, you probably wouldn't feel it either. Yeah. So you have to take a therapeutic dose in the human body to reach this, they call it a titration level, where you actually see a response in your body, right? So this is why academic research and genetics development is needed, as well as companies that take safety seriously are needed in this industry. I mean, the industry, especially in the United States, let's talk that for a second. I mean, uh, the the 2020 sales, they hit over 17.5 billion and the estimated market is a hundred billion. For, for what? For for marijuana products. Yes, and so the, think about the economic impact that U.S. legalization is going to have, and Allied is positioned to be right in that market. I mean, Colorado alone, twenty six percent increase in twenty twenty, two point two billion dollar market in that state alone. Oregon, twenty nine percent increase, one point one billion. California, the largest, three point five billion. And Nevada, which is where Allied is establishing our U.S. footprint, we're approaching a billion-dollar market just in that state. So you know, it's it's really moving towards a large uh, a large industry that that uh, pharma is very interested in because of the medical benefits that this <clears throat> product offers, um, and then moving towards you know. Uh, uh, political movement on the U.S. legalization front. We've seen the MORE Act, Safe Banking Act, were both passed through the House in 2020. Uh, and one of your senators, um, Cory Booker, he's a uh, 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 New Jersey senator, and Chuck Schumer, New York, Ron Wyden from Oregon, the three of them are tasked with actually drafting the legalization uh, verbiage. Uh, and they've and the subcommittee has been formed, and they're currently um, they're currently uh, tasked with the subcommittee of Cr criminal ju justice and counterterrorism uh, to draft a legalization to end federal marijuana prohibition in the United States. Because clearly, if terrorists are smoking pot, they're not going <laughs> to commit terrorist activities. That's a foregone conclusion. But all but, all, um, all of these indicators, James, we're allied is super excited because we can produce at five cents a gram in Colombia. We've got a U.S. footprint starting to establish in Nevada. So if you, if you, we call it the internationally vertically integrated supply chain, where we can grow to scale, weekly harvest, consistent, at low cost, and right. and high quality with access to the largest market in the world. This this so, so is where we're leading towards. Clearly, marijuana or you know all the cannabinoids are going to be legal ultimately. I mean, the trend is very very clear. 
on that that that's yes. going to happen. Now, yes. if this um the the first drug that released for for epilepsy is it, if it's just CBD, um, is there is there a point to doing the scientific trials? I guess there's a point of doing oh, the scientific yeah. trials to make sure it's just not a myth that it helps epilepsy. They've proven. No, no you have to for safety because any drug that that is not put through the academic rigor could be harmful, right? So you have to. I have to say, Airbnb has changed my life. I just love staying in Airbnbs. Like in about a month, I'm going to Cocoa Beach, which is right next to Cape Canaveral. I'm going to watch some rocket launches. I'm going to, of course, be staying in a very nice Airbnb on the beach. And it's just such a great experience. Like the whole world is available to us now because of Airbnb. But whenever I'm at an Airbnb, I always realize, you know, I the home that I left to come to this Airbnb, I could be making money on that right now by hosting... And, and being an Airbnb myself. So, and I've known people, I had a friend who basically, you know, made a living from turning his home into an Airbnb. So if you have a home, but you're not always at home, you do have an Airbnb there. And it's an e- it can easily fit into your lifestyle and it's a great way to earn some money. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. I remember last year I was asked to go speak at the Norway Business Summit, and I was so excited because side by side with the Business Summit was the Norway Chess Summit, where I would get to see in person Magnus Carlsen, the best chess player ever, playing chess. But it was four plane rides, like to get to the city that ultimately I would go to. So I really did not want to fly for 14 hours. And they, they were willing to pay for everything for me. So I, I, at first class. So I didn't want to fly for 14 hours and not be first class. So I had to hurry up and get on the phone immediately to get those first class tickets to a chess tournament in Norway. And listen, this is just like when, you know, you have to know when you want the best of anything, You have to act quickly or someone else will get it instead. And I did not want those seats to fill up. So it's like if you're hiring for your business, you want to find the most talented people for your open roles before the competition scoops them up. I just was talking to a friend this morning where he was trying to decide between some programmers and he waited a little too long and both the programmers he was interviewing took other jobs, like great jobs. So you know, what's the best way then to hire the best as quickly as possible? ZipRecruiter. ZipRecruiter finds qualified candidates fast. And right now you could try it for free at ZipRecruiter.com slash James. Just try it and see. You'll, you'll find out. So ZipRecruiter's powerful matching technology takes center stage to identify the top talent for your roles. Immediately after you post your job, ZipRecruiter's smart technology starts showing you qualified people for it. And I know this because one time I signed up as an employee, potential employee on ZipRecruiter, and I got nonstop really, I was, even though obviously I wasn't looking for a job, I love what I do, but I just wanted to see what would happen because they were a, a, a sponsor of my podcast. And the most interesting jobs would pop up in my emails like, hey, you're qualified for this or that. And so it's interesting to see. So just just go there and try it. Try ZipRecruiter.com slash James. Amp up your hiring performance. Now, this is more for if you're hiring, but amp up your hiring performance with ZipRecruiter and find the best fast. See why four out of five employers who post on ZipRecruiter get a quality candidate within the first day. Just go to this exclusive web address right now to try ZipRecruiter for free. ZipRecruiter.com slash James. Again, that's ZipRecruiter.com slash James. ZipRecruiter, the smartest way to hire. (music) 
What's the story with, how do you pronounce it, psilocybin? The, that's mm. mushrooms, right? Yeah. Our product is called Silenex that we have under trademark. So we really started to pay attention to psilocybin-based products because of the anecdotal stories of from the people that we were working with in our healing retreats. Psilocybin is, the legislation is probably where cannabis was in 2002. It's just starting to open. Oregon State's the first to legalize. Canada, it's available under physician supervision, under something called a Section 56 exemption through the Office of Controlled Substance. So terminally ill, uh, refractory or hard to treat depression, anxiety, PTSD. These are all conditions that could be prescribed as a physician. Our product, Silenex, so this is very exciting. It, it's, it's a combination of psilocybin and several other functional mushroom products, as well as a vitamin B complex uh, uh, ratio within this one product. Now, our novel, our novel approach to treatment from a pharmaceutical standpoint is a 60-day uh, treatment period where a, a patient is prescribed Silenex. Uh, and, and and we have a novel uh, treatment on treatment off ratio, so that the person's body doesn't downregulate and become less sensitive to the psilocybin product. So Silenex RX sixty days. Then then what we what our doctors are recommending is that they go on a Silenex daily, which are, is our cannabinoid uh, uh, specific proprietary formula, and we're finding that this that the results are 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 sustained by the Silenex daily. So you have you you have the Silenex RX as a 60-day treatment regime and then followed by a Silenex daily cannabinoid uh, consumable oral so, oral So the, the, the daily one doesn't yeah. have the psilocybin? No. No. Okay, but the but the one that gets you started has the psilocybin and then Correct. the daily maintains yeah. the results. Now, they, now the psilocybin product it is non-psychotropic. So I have to be clear that this isn't a product that sends you on a mind trip. This is a mi very microdose that has the medical benefit in the human brain. You don't even feel fuzzy in the brain when you're taking this. It's it's a very much a pharmaceutical product that's controlled, tested, and fortified by the academic rigor uh, well, within the science community. So, 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 a what do mushrooms do to the brain, and b what is preserved? when it's microdosed, like what, and also what, I guess, see, what is the percentage that's of the, you know, recreational dosage that's sure. microdosed? So a recreational dosage, you would, you would probably be consuming anywhere above a full gram of silly, of, of mushrooms. Whereas our product is, is a hundred milligram psilocybin uh, ingredient. So it's a, it's, it's like a microdose. Yeah. But then again, there's other other functional mushroom uh, ingredients in, in that formulation. But it acts on a, on a receptor called the 5-HT2 receptor in the human brain. And so this is the pathway that is involved in anxiety or adrenaline buildup in your synaptic cleft in your brain, where neurotransmitters are firing back and forth between your nerve cells in your brain. Uh, and so that that's a little bit of physiology on how this is working. The vitamin complex seems to flush the neuron what does that mean, flush the neuron? Uh, so it gives access to the psilocybin to, to, to really access these receptors. And, and I see that this is a, um, a serotonin receptor. So serotonin there is you this go. neurochemical that yeah. makes you feel good, as fine with, with the way things are right now. <laughs> very well said. Serotonin acts very much in tandem with a molecule called adrenaline as well, too, which an overage of adrenaline or epinephrine will cause you anxiety. Serotonin makes you feel good. Lack of serotonin makes you feel depressed. So you're uh, starting to make the link, I see, where, where you know, the psilocybin, they, it, it's not just, hey, take this uh, natural product. There's really granular medical physiology behind what we're doing, and it's very specific. So, you know, as, a, as an intended outcome, we're wanting to come out with medically uh, efficacious molecule that has the academic fortitude and can answer the questions that are required for FDA approval. Allied has a very purposeful approach to bring these drugs through to clinical phase one and then seek a licensing deal with a big pharma company 
that has the 200 scientists and 3,000 sales reps that can bring these products to market, right? Sure. So, so, yeah. so what have you noticed so far with the the uh, the original dosage of Silenex, which um, includes the 10% of the regular dosage, yeah. dosage of mushrooms? What have you noticed so far in patients like before and after? Well, I can just speak to case study evidence of people who consumed them. Uh, one individual was on sleeping pill, an SSRI, which is the first line of indicated drug for depression, selective serotonin reuptake inhibitor. Um, it just stops your serotonin from being taken up. Uh, so I, I call it these folks that are on a polypharmacy. They've got a line of pill bottles on their counters. Uh, this individual was able to flush those and has not gone back to them. This is a key point that those uh, that improvement has been sustained. So, um, you know, it's it's it, it's very very exciting to see, uh, you know, drugs like oxycodone, which is a pain a prescribed pain drug that has been very very addictive to the general pop population and and has caused all kinds of other manifestations of extra mental health. Sure. You know, so. When, when there's substitutes for national level drugs like that coming out again with the safety and the academic rigor behind them, it's extremely exciting. And Allied is right in the middle of all of this with, with our production center in Colombia, our U.S. footprint uh, is getting established in, in, the, in the, the state of Nevada, as well as the pharmaceutical research is happening in, in Europe. So, um, you know, that's, that's all of the... the um, the, the kind of verticals within Allied Corp. So, so, uh, you know, I'm trying to figure out like with the microdosing of psilocybin, yeah. what, what happens? So that's different from other serotonin based anti-depression medicines, these SSRIs, like, I don't know what an example is like. Effects are probably the industry leader with SSRIs where it just basically blocks the uh, serotonin um, receptor and then serotonin is left in the synaptic cleft. So 5-HT2 acts within that um, depression pathway as well as adrenaline. And we're just figuring out exactly what the physiology is around. And, and that's the purpose of the academic research, right, is to really pinpoint um, the receptor and the molecule that's showing this medical benefit because most drug indications, it does start with anecdotal evidence, case study evidence, physicians reporting positive outcomes, which has happened with cannabis and now psilocybin. Um, and, and now we're getting the organic chemists and our best scientists and allied um, to, to actually examine uh, the efficacy of our products in a controlled environment and academically sanctioned situation. Now, if you made a chemical, if you made a chemical that was functionally similar to psilocybin, would it be legal even though it was similar and had similar effects? Good question. Yes. So to make a similar molecule doesn't mean it'll have the same effect in the human body. You couldn't just come out and say, I've got this molecule that's almost the same as something like uh, that stops your vagus nerve, like gravel. They can do two totally different things. And I'll give you an example. In, in the 60s and 70s, women who were pregnant were suffering a morning sickness. So uh, there was a product that came out called thalidomide. And thalidomide, they came out, another company came out, and they thought that they had the same molecule. But under a microscope, it was, it was the mirror image of that molecule. It's called an enantiomer. And so they both looked like the same molecule, but they were the mirror image of each other. One product worked for morning sickness. The other one developed appendages that were cut off in the children when they were born. Yeah. And, and so you see the thalidomide uh, babies as adults, older adults now. Um, and that was, that was the reason for that because the company came out with what they thought to be thalidomide. It was sort of the same, but it didn't work. So that, I hope that answers your question where you can't just think that because something is organically structured the same way, that it'll do the same thing to your body. It has to be put through the academic rigor in order to be tested and then released. 
But when you say you have a proprietary formula on these yeah. cannabinoids or on psilocybin, yeah. you know, so you've removed the kind of, um, I guess, uh, uh, I, I don't, what do you call it when a, a drug causes hallucinations? Um, psychotropic, yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. So it doesn't have the psychotropic features. Yeah. What, what are you doing to alter the formula? Uh, well, we've we've uh, done years of of research uh, for, from an organic chemistry perspective, and made that uh, formulation a proprietary secret of the company until we can get that drug indication. So, um, you know, th does that answer your question? I, I think so, but I guess I don't know the mechanism of like, you're not making a new molecule, but what are you doing? Uh, yeah, yes, we are actually seeking a new molecule, uh, in, in one of our products. Yeah. And we've got all three of them under provisional patent, meaning that this information is protected for now for 12 months, uh, until we get our, and that allows us the year to get through our clinical trials get the drug indication, and then we, we come out with all of the information, right? And and so if, if psilocybin works, which is, you know, people know it as mushrooms, what about other um, psychotropics like LSD? So I've heard, here's, I've heard about people using LSD. I've heard about people using MDMA. Uh, uh, a lot of people say MDMA, you know, I don't know if they're microdosing or taking a full dose, mm -hmm. has, has, has changed their life mm -hmm. when done in therapeutic environments. Uh, I've even heard about, you know, people going on trips to take ayahuasca, which I guess is a yeah. kind of psychotropic. So yeah. are the, are these things just as effective, more effective, but less legal? Like mm -hmm. what's, what, like what's compare like psilocybin with MDMA? Like sure. I'm, I'm reading right here, for instance, that some, um, I guess pro dopamine, uh, yeah. uh, antidepressants like Wellbutrin, for instance, yeah. are actually noticed a 30% increase. And I guess it's the entourage effect notice a 30% increase when also given MDMA. Yeah. Yeah. Get, really good question. So, I mean, if you Google an organization called MAPS, uh, both in Canada and the United States, that's the Medical Association of Psychedelic Science, I believe the S is. Anyway, they have 90 clinics, I believe, in the States, and they're starting to organize in Canada. They study all sorts of psychedelic science in their clinics. In Canada, there was a large grant given by Veterans Affairs for the Legion in a city in Vancouver, uh, $312 million to create a center of excellence for research within veterans for PTSD and to study cannabis psychedelic science in a controlled research environment. So it's just starting to really, uh, the, the awareness is really just starting to come to the forefront in terms of um, of, of the benefit of these products. And so that's why it's, it's kind of opened uh, the door to companies to, to come forth with products and then bring them to the research track. Yeah. So, so like what, just, you know, what do you think are some of the possible benefits or what could you pretend like, so, so LSD for instance, was developed as an alternative or an, I guess an artificial chemical similar to mushrooms. It's like a chemical version mm -hmm. of mushrooms from what I understand. So do you think LSD might be used medically at some point? And I don't know how MDMA is made or, or why it was made, but mm -hmm. do you think that one, these are the ones I hear the most about. And then I hear about ketamine, which is again, legal through prescription. Yeah. yeah. I, I mean, Allied as a company, we're, we're focused on cannabis as well as our psilocybin products for pharmaceutical research. In terms of LSD, ketamine, et cetera, we're not, we're not getting involved in that at this point. Um, but in terms of the, the research community in general, uh, I, I don't know. They're starting to open doors for research and whatnot. Um, but uh, it, it's very early days to really definitively tell results of those two products. Uh, but Allied, and again, is, we're centered on large-scale production in Colombia, U.S. footprint with imminent U.S. legalization, um, and then also the psilocybin and cannabis products within pharmaceutical development. Yeah, it's very interesting. Like, again, I see just, you know, and you mentioned, you mentioned Allied frequently. That's, a, it's, you're public in Canada or you're public in the U.S.? We're, we're public on the OTC under ALID. Um, ALID. Yeah. Me, I'm going to take a look right now. Yeah. Thanks for bearing with me while I research, while you're talking, just so I, I want to understand. No problem. Um, 
uh, okay, yeah, I have a decent market cap. You're like a legit company here. Yeah, thank um, you. It it's uh, it's exciting. Uh, but you're like and, a biotech because you're you're still going through the research phase. So there's no revenues yet. Yeah, we're, we're we've just been approved to export to two international markets. So we've got and in Colombia, it's it's not like you get a license and you can begin growing and selling the next day. You have to register all of your genetics. And so we went forth. Uh, that took us 14 months, and we we produced and and presented our non-psychoactive strains. And we were the first. We were told we were the first company to get 10 out of 10 strains approved. Then this past February, our psychoactive strains again 10 out of 10 strains approved. So your and, psychoactive ones? That's the psilocybin. No, that's THC. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, and then and then uh, just recently we got approved to export to two international markets, so we're getting the products ready for shipping essentially, and that's where the majority of our revenue portion comes out of is the sale of the Columbia, the scaled uh, Columbia product for for this and, calendar year. So, and what are the uses of the the THC products versus the other cannabinoids? Yeah, so I mean, we have strains that range all the way from, I'll call it a one-to-one THC to CBD percentage. We have very high THC percentages. We have very high CBD percentages. So all of them have different medical targets. High THC would be targeted for pain, et cetera. Um, and and uh, the CBD products, anti-inflammation, of course, PTSD, depression, anxiety, et cetera. Um, and, and so all of those products, it, uh, will be prepared for international wholesale markets. And you, you draw a parallel to, you know, the, the majority of the world's coffee, uh, production is produced in South America and, and brought to the United States, brought all over the world, uh, for sale. So why not cannabis? You know, you've got these in Canada, uh, leading up to legalization, you had these massive companies that we're building millions of square feet of indoor production. Whereas the sunshine's free, we got one season all year and the humidity temperature is perfect for cannabis production. And this offers a massive competitive advantage to the international marketplace. Hmm. Yeah, and, it's, uh, it's very you, cool. When do you think um, you'll be, you know, uh, the, the trials will be done? Because like, What's the difference between a trial like this and a trial on like a cancer cure? I would imagine since we know the molecules are mostly organic huh. and have been taken by people for centuries, yeah. uh, I would imagine these are easier trials as opposed to a completely artificially made chemical. Well, there's trials going on all over the world. I mean, there's companies in Spain, in Austria, in Israel. Israel's a great leader uh, in, in pharmaceutical pharmaceutical development. There's an organization called the Canadian Consortium for Investigation of Cannabinoids. They ha there's trials going on for glioblastoma, glaucoma, psoriasis, scleroderma. Uh, there's uh, Crohn's disease was a good target for cannabis uh, products. There's lots of disease indications that are currently under research. Allied's focused on general mental health, depression, anxiety, uh, PTSD from a pharmaceutical standpoint. Um, as well as our, our, our wholesale export uh, business opportunity from Colombia too. So, you know, all of these factors really culminate into a pretty massive competitive advantage when you look at our cost production is five cents, whereas the Canadian peer average is about $1.52 per gram. And in the United States, you know, large companies that are run very well, excellent companies, great people, Cost of production can be anywhere from 60 to 70 cents with massive greenhouse where you get your economies of scale. Um, but, you know, again, if you flip that to just consider for a moment that that's coffee growing, would you do that under greenhouse with millions of square feet in New York? It just doesn't make sense. Where, I mean, I've seen grow farms in Colorado. I did a podcast about that once where it was indoors yeah. and there was, you know, so much intense light that it, yeah. it kept it the, at a constant high temperature. Like it was like yeah. in the eighties, uh, the temperature yeah. in the room and it was constant. Yeah. So, but yeah, I suppose in a natural environment, it's, it's probably, it's probably better. And then how do you produce the psilocybin? Psilocybin is, uh, um, has to be produced under a, uh, a company that has the licensing to do that. So in Canada, 
They're called the drug establishment license or a pharmacy compounding license that has the clearance to be able to produce and extract psilocybin and, and, and compound those. So we're in, we're for our patients, we're just in end stage discussions on a, a contract manufacturer for Silent X, uh, RX in the United States. It's not legal for production for psilocybin products yet. Oregon state just legalized, but that doesn't mean that, Hey, the floodgates are open, go and produce. Last December, they put a call for experts to join their general advisory committee that is going to guide the license application process and the rollout of all of this new legislation. So we're early days on production, James, for psilocybin, both in in the United States and Canada. Um, Canada, it's very controlled, much like kind of like a pharmacy environment, a pharmacy compounding environment in the United States. I'm not aware of any place that you can legally cultivate or produce mushrooms for psilocybin. It's, it's all controlled. So, yeah. So is, is it like a circle? Like how do you do trials if you can't legally? Well, you can, it? you can get clearance to do clinical trials or any substance, uh, you know, scientists research all kinds of substances controlled or otherwise. Um, and, and that's how medical benefit gets proven. Right. So, I mean, it just comes under special application for clinical research, specifically in well, Canada. There, there's companies that do have licensing to be able to do clinical trials on psilocybin, and then they got to produce it somewhere, right? So um, they get it produced under these uh, DEL licenses in Canada, and then uh, produce the products that way, if that makes sense. Why do you think for any of these drugs, whether it's THC or psilocybin or LSD or whatever, why do you think the activation of this uh, serotonin receptor creates when there's a high enough dose creates hallucinations yeah well it, the human body is an amazing thing and and i mean uh different dosages of vitamin b will do th- different things to your body uh you know or 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 any vitamins for that matter so um you know um fat soluble vitamins which are on a, on a consumable basis on the on the FDA recommended dosages are very healthy, but if you take too much, that you can get vitamin E, vitamin D toxicity, right? So any molecule that you're entering into the human body, if you take too much, it can be harmful, um, you know? And, and so uh, the psychotropic effect of psilocybin is just what how the brain's reaction to that level of medicine that you're consuming. So it's almost like a negative reaction, it sounds like. Well, I mean, some people enjoy that, perhaps. I don't know. Um, but um, it's it, it's a reaction, and the human body will react to different levels of consumables, uh, whether it be psilocybin or otherwise, right? And what do you think will happen to just marijuana? Like, let's say there's a, a right now there's a whole bunch of cannabis or marijuana related stocks. A lot mm. of them are public in Canada and then over mm. the counter here, much like yours, I guess some of them might be public here, but it's a little more rare. Yeah. What do you think? I mean, and, and some of them, by the way, are probably scams. Most of them sure. are not, but some sure. of them are, I've, I've seen both examples. Yeah. Um, what do you think? Well, I mean, these stocks, I remember in 2018, Canada made marijuana legal yeah. all over the country. Yeah. And the all the marijuana stocks ran up into that, but then sold off after that. Kind of like a classic uh, buy the rumor, sell the news. And I guess they've creeped back, but not so much. Starting and, to. Well, well, it's become yeah, a real business. Now, let's talk about that for a sec. So leading up to Canadian legalization, companies in Canada, and I lived it. I was I was up here through that whole period. Companies in Canada. Must be both good and painful. <laughs> well, it was, it was interesting. I had a lot of friends that made a lot of money on it, um, but, uh, and, and ran good companies too. Uh, you know, so, but in Canada leading up to that companies were valued on their square footage of production. So the interesting thing about that was it was a land grab and you had these big billion dollar market cap companies putting up massive greenhouses, millions of square feet, which have been written off last year. (laughs) You know, there's publications, there's write-offs, uh, from large companies north of $200 million write-offs with empty warehouses that were constructed 
thinking that the valuation would 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 follow with with that square footage. So what happened was, uh, you know, if if I built a, a greenhouse or a million square feet, but I was only producing in twenty thousand square feet of that, but I was valued for the whole million square feet. Sooner or later, you got you got to build a real business, and and yeah. so you have to service all of the OPEX, CAPEX that goes along with with uh, with putting a building up like that and the workforce and everything like this. Uh, so what ended up happening was um, that the the uh, the companies had to really go forth and build a real business. Some have thrived, some have not, um, and also quality was really at the heart of success or was the fulcrum of success or not success where there's a lot of a lot of supply of low quality that's sitting on shelves whereas the high quality product people are selling futures of of their production so you know the canadian cannabis story where around legalization there was this huge upswing um, and then the real companies have come back you're right so let's draw a parallel to the united states we're seeing um, actions that have happened that are pointing towards U.S. legalization. We've got the Moore Act, the Safe Banking Act, the three senators, Booker, uh, Wyden, and Schumer, are drafting the actual legalization policy currently. Very exciting. So that's where Allied's positioned, is we have this ability to produce low-cost, high-quality, at scale, consistent volume, um, and and we're positioned to really launch into the United States as a public company coinciding with the U.S. legalization. In addition to that, we didn't want to wait and we got our sales and distribution network established with our uh, hemp-derived CBD products in the United States where we have products under three brands currently for sale. Um, but the large-scale cannabis production in Colombia as well as the market that we can access in the United States is, is our intended supply chain. So I'm I'm very excited about the idea of every action that I see each week moving towards U.S. legalization because, and this is Callum Hughes talking, I believe it's going to happen, and um, that's something I'm very excited. I think yeah. it will too. I think yeah, there's no doubt in my mind yeah. that it's going to happen. But um, now take your 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 cannaboy, cannabinoid based drug that helps with depression and yeah. anxiety. How would you compare it to drugs like I don't know Lexapro or or um, you know an anti-anxiety drug like Xanax or something like that? Like, do you think you, you compare favorably? Well, uh, if you talk about Xanax or something like this, what we what I like to actually point to is is the non-addictive nature of plant-derived medicines um, or alternative approaches to medicine, where uh, you know, drugs like oxycodone or Xanax, they can become addictive where the person physically and psychologically is reliant on them. Whereas a uh, plant-derived molecule is, uh, depending on, on the product itself, may or may not have, have the, that same effect. So, you know, I think that's, that's a, a key point to, to table. Um, but at the end of the day, you know, high quality products with the safety and efficacy data will stand on their own. And, you know, from a safety standpoint, they have to be academically um, academically fortified with evidence-informed research from a pharmaceutical standpoint. So that that's kind of kind of my opinion on, on all of that. Well, uh, Callum Hughes, uh, CEO of Allied, uh, is it Allied Health? What's the... Allied uh, Corp. We're at allied.health is our website. And again, we're on the OTC market under the ticker ALID uh, on the over-the-counter yeah, market. You're doing fascinating stuff. I, I really you. wish you success with these uh, drugs. I know a lot of people need them, something like half the country takes antidepressants or anti-anxiety of some sort and it affects a lot of kids it's, it affects a lot of people in this kind of post-pandemic time mm. and i think this is important research it's probably a shame that it's ever been illegal and so hard to research these things yeah. in the past and, and one more thing james our products in the united states can be accessed from alliedcorpbrands.com um 
where you can order right right on the e-commerce website there too. So wait, Al- Allied Corp what? AlliedCorpBrands.com. Dot com. Yeah. Oh, so you have stuff that's for sale right now? Yeah, and that's the hemp-derived CBD products in the United States. And yeah. what's the difference between those and the CBD products I buy in like a GNC? Uh, well, they're both CBD products, but we have specific targeted products to market. So we've, I don't know if there's many other electrolyte replacement drinks as an athletic recovery drink, which has a sodium citrate uh, ingredient as well as cannabidiol, uh, CBC, uh, yeah, cannabidiol and, and, and the other, the other ingredients within the products. Uh, we have coming forth, we're just launching a CBD chewing gum and then an innovative fizz tab, much like an Alka-Seltzer that you drop in your water bottle if you're going out for a hike and, and that, uh, you, you got your CBD as well as electrolyte, electrolyte replacement in that too. So we've got, additional products coming to market, uh, in, in addition to the products that we already have. So just wanted to mention. Excellent. Yeah. Thank well, you. Uh, yeah, no, I look forward. I look forward to trying all your drugs. <laughs> so, <laughs> well, thanks um, James. I've really enjoyed, uh, exploring some of your material of reinventing yourself and some of the, Oh, thank you. Things. And yeah, I'm sorry if I asked, uh, uh, lots of questions, but it's just a lot of this is confusing to me. Yeah, no, it's exciting. And I really appreciate your questions. Allied Corp is positioned really to be a high quality, high volume producer out of Colombia with an established U.S. footprint with the imminent legalization. So we're excited, man. Thanks for having me. 